Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Roadmap from Auto Finance News. Since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. I'm Joey Pizzolatto, editor of Auto Finance News, and thanks for joining us on this special episode of The Roadmap, sponsored by DCM Services, an industry leader in data and contact management solutions for the estate and specialty receivables market. Joining me today is Chris Stanley, Director of Business Development at DCM Services. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Joey. As I'm sure you know, and, and all of our, our listeners as well, recoveries and the recovery processes are always top of mind for the auto finance industry, but they've taken a more profound, pronounced role in the last year in light of the pandemic. Granted, the auto finance industry has been lucky through the ups and downs of last year. Lenders' loan modification programs and government stimulus has helped prop up consumer payments, keeping delinquencies and charge-offs down. With that said, the COVID-19 economic crisis still served as a wake-up call of sorts. If anything, it made lenders reevaluate how they think about recoveries and their processes outside of the traditional life cycle of the loan. Chris, uh, before we get started, I'd love uh, for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Absolutely. So I am, uh, as you mentioned before, Chris Stanley uh, from DCM Services. I am the Director of Business Development at our organization. Uh, I have fulfilled many roles in my 17 years uh, at the organization. I started out in operations management, uh, managing a team of account representatives in our organization. Also have done project management, which led up to my role currently in business development. Fantastic. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Um, I'd like to start today by first kind of diving into some of the lesser known recovery processes that might not be, um, you know, immediately on auto lenders radar. Absolutely. We're here to talk about that. DCM services is a specialty recovery organization. We're based in Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, and we assist uh, 25 of the top 100 auto lenders across the credit union, captive auto and banking space. So we're looking forward to talking about that today. Fantastic. So, you know, what, what are, what are some of the obstacles and opportunities in this space? And, and maybe we can, you know, first define, you know, what are these lesser known recovery processes? Absolutely. So DCM services, our focus has traditionally in the 20 years of our organization been on estate recovery. Uh, in the last couple of years, we've expanded out into uh, bankruptcy, cease and desist recoveries, uh, bankruptcy dismissals, consumer debt management, these are all very unique and specialty types of collections in the recovery world. Um, not necessarily your traditional third party uh, delinquency or legal avenues. And so how we define them is those niche, uh, maybe not often thought of types of uh, recoveries. Um, and that's where we focus our, our time and effort with our clients. So this, this would be something akin to, um, you know, if a borrower were to pass away. Absolutely. And that is the number one piece with estate recovery is the unfortunate circumstance that somebody has to pass away in order for that account to make it into that segment of the portfolio. And hopefully today we can talk about a number of different things that can help solidify that process and things for lenders to think about as they either build out a strategy or enhance their strategies. Fantastic. So, so maybe, um, Maybe you can walk me through like a unique scenario that would that would present itself to in the auto finance space first. Absolutely. So in the estate recovery world, I think the, the biggest and most unique scenario we see 
is a lender um, possibly not being proactive in looking for a consumer that passes away. And that can bring a number of unique challenges um, to handling this inventory. Um, so if we delve into some of the really unique situations that we see, uh, in handling our clients accounts, um, we may see instances where a grandparent has taken out a loan for either a, uh, a grandchild or a parent has taken out a loan for a son or a daughter and the unfortunate circumstance that they pass away. So in that instance, the person who is responsible for the loan has passed away. Um, but maybe a family member is driving the vehicle, um, maybe unaware that uh, the vehicle's not in their name or an instance where um, the estate, which is responsible um, is actually, the account is actually being paid by a family member who's not obligated to resolve the loan. Gotcha. Right. So uh, you, you mentioned uh, lenders being proactive and identifying some of, some of these uh, situations or scenarios, what, what sort of data sets or trends um, could, could you use in this space to identify? Well, if I could take one step back, I think it, just in general, the number one obstacle to this um, segment of inventory is just a general awareness of it. And so we, we think of lending and, and I've listened to a lot of episodes as a, as a devoted listener of the podcast. And we talk so much about the front end piece of lending. And I think maybe it's my Midwestern optimism. Um, you know, generally every person um, who takes out a loan has the intent of paying it off. And so we have these uns- unfortunate circumstances in the case of some of these specialty recoveries where uh, a consumer uh, may end up in bankruptcy or they, they may pass away during the term of the loan. And so we need to have kind of a general awareness that these accounts don't always necessarily make it from the, the point of origination to payment in full without some obstacles to, to overcome. So um, that is kind of the, the biggest piece with, with this. And so how we try to, to get past those obstacles is, is to your question originally is with the data. And so, you know, we use a number of different data sources, um, like many of the lenders that lenders do. So information is power. And so I would encourage anybody, um, who does not have any type of scrub to identify different specialty types of consumers, you know, generally lenders have uh, a bankruptcy scrub due to the legal risk of collecting on those types of accounts, but there's other types of scrubs that, that are out there, um, you know, that we do for our clients that other vendors do for, um, for clients. And that is to, to look for kind of some of these specialty situations, which is somebody passing away, um, during the life of the loan. So in knowing that person is deceased is very important to getting that account handled correctly. Um, you know, you have your SCRA scrubs, um, to make sure that service members are not being collected on while in active duty. There's also litigious debtor scrubs to, you know, if there is a type of consumer out there going back to those best intentioned uh, people who take out loans, some debtors can be very litigious. So, you know, we recommend to all of our partners um, to, to scrub that inventory because that's going to give you the data uh, to make very powerful decisions um, and make sure that the best possible Avenue is, is being handled for, um, these accounts. And we say at DCM, when we talk about estate recoveries, um, this is an opportunity to really strengthen your brand with consumers, uh, handling these processes correctly. 
Um, people have a tendency to remember how they were treated at a low point, whether that be a bankruptcy or the death of a family member. And so you can do a lot to strengthen your brand and your relationship with the consumers and consumers' families during these times if you handle these counts correctly. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk uh, quickly about kind of the just high level process that, that would go into this. Um, so can you walk me through saying, you know, I'm a borrower. Um, I have a loan. Um, I pass away um, un- untimely, uh, of course. And, um, you know, it it goes my parents have my car. What is the process that a lender would have to go through kind of high level to kind of get this loan back into kind of um, current being? Yeah. Current? Absolutely. So the, the biggest piece with, from the, from that perspective is there's kind of two paths that the account can go down. Um, the first would be for the family to notify the lender, um, that the borrower has passed away. Um, and then most lenders have a process in place for, um, sort of what we call a reactive notification where the family member, um, no, a family member notifies the lender that the borrower has passed away. We have the vehicle. Um, what are the treatments? And so we see a lot of lenders with process around voluntary surrender in that instance, um, where, or also they'll have assumption programs where a family member may assume the loan. Um, but really it is about that initial call, um, understanding that the family, um, was most likely probably not delinquent at the time of the passing. So we see it kind of a general number, uh, about 70 to 80% of accounts in the estate recovery process were good paying customers at the time of passing. So this is not a delinquent portfolio, uh, when you look at it from a recovery standpoint. And so that's always a good, uh, possibility is that the family will notify the lender, and they will work uh, to surrender the vehicle, uh, pay off the balance, or maybe there's an instance where the family's not able to resolve the balance at that time, and then it would make its way to the estate process. And that's where we assist uh, lenders in terms of filing probated estate claims and different things of that nature. The other piece, other path at the time of a, of a consumer's passing um, and these is, this is where we, why we advocate for scrubs and knowing where the inventory is, is, is sometimes the family will not notify the lender. Maybe they don't need, know that they have to notify the lender. Maybe they don't live with that family member and they're not getting the incoming mail to see that a payment has been missed. There's not an auto, auto withdrawal of the monthly payment. And so these are the ones you have to safeguard against with really good processes to understand that you're not always going to be notified by the family uh, of a consumer's passing. Um, and so if you advocate for those scrubs at, at our clients and, and it gets them a better idea of where the inventory is at and you're able to more quickly respond to those unique situations where you now know the person has, uh, passed away, but the account is out there and you don't have anybody to contact. And that gives you the opportunity to treat that account, uh, to, with your internal treatments or to pass it along to a vendor to handle the recovery process. Mm-hmm. And when you say data scrubs, uh, can you, can you um, maybe expand on that a little bit more? Um, you know, exactly what, what data is being scrubbed, what are lenders looking at? Absolutely. So we see a variety of different types of inventory that are being scrubbed um, in terms of what 
our clients are looking for, what auto lenders may be looking for. Some may choose to scrub their whole active portfolio and to get an idea of what is out there as far as um, maybe a loan is current, but the consumer is deceased or bankruptcy is a big thing um, to scrub for, obviously, to make sure you don't violate the automatic stay. So we see lenders take the full inventory uh, to scrub that, to look for these types of inventory, or we see they, they take smaller uh, subsets of inventory. Maybe they take uh, their 30-day delinquent bucket, or maybe they take their skip inventory. Really though, um, knowledge is power. So to get a good handle on where this inventory is at, we try to uh, recommend to our clients to scrub the biggest subset of inventory uh, to make sure they have the best handle on where that should be. Great. Well, I think that transition really transitions really nicely um, into kind of the next thing I wanted to discuss with you, would, which is, you know, best practices. Um, you know, you, you guys are very active in the space. And um, I'm wondering, you know, what are some of the, some of the things you've seen, some of the processes or um, strategies you've seen some of your lending partners employ um, to kind of stay ahead of this? You mentioned end-to-end life cycle at the top of the podcast. And so that is what our recommendation is, is to really look at the loan from the full life cycle. You know, we mentioned numerous times here that, you know, everybody takes out a loan with the intent to pay it in full. We know that that's not always the case of, of how things go. So having a span, a plan for all of your different types of specialty inventory um, is critical and having the internal resources available to manage um, those processes is very, very critical. Um, we don't, uh, recommend to have, um, customer service agents being the ones to take, uh, deceased notifications. Some of our, our lend, uh, lending clients have specific teams who handle this type of inventory so that when they do receive, um, the notification that a consumer has passed away, they know the process by which this account will go. Um, we hear occasionally uh, where um, somebody will talk to uh, the customer service agent and they will take down uh, that the consumer has passed away and they'll tell them, hey, that's all we need. This is all done. Uh, the person's passed away. Um, it's all good now. You know, just uh, return the vehicle. And what that doesn't safeguard against is the future steps in the process, which may be a deficiency balance after that automobile has gone through um, voluntary surrender and auction. And so you can mitigate a lot of the complaints and a lot of the, the pain points in this process. If you have dedicated resources and, and a plan for this type of inventory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned a little, little bit ago, um, that this is a great opportunity for, you know, lenders to, I don't want to say further their brand because that's not exactly what it is, but you know, it's people, like you said, people remember how they were tr- treated. So, you know, I'm wondering, for, for a family that's dealing with, with, you know, somebody that is, has passed, um, I'm sure, you know, their patience for, you know, handling their finances are, are slim. Um, so, so I'm wondering, you know, in, in that handoff process of consumer that's connected with the deceased borrower contacts the servicing agent and then passes that information off to maybe a specialty group, is there is there any best practices you can kind of share with us today that um, helps with that handoff or eases kind of the, the friction that the points of contact that you would have to make with the, with your now contact for that loan? Yeah, absolutely. So it's very good when we partner with our clients for them to provide us as much information 
uh, about what happened previously to the account being with us. And so if you look at us as kind of the end of the life cycle for that account, when we work with our clients, we ask them to provide as much information about the situation as possible. Obviously the date of the consumer's passing, um, any, um, what we would call, uh, personal representative or attorney information. If they know the, the court appointed person who is handling those accounts, we generally ask for them to provide that to us so that we're not contacting the wrong family member. And we're able to work through that estate process and make it a, a little bit more of a business to business transaction rather than dealing with a family member who, to your point, maybe doesn't know exactly what this process entails and may be confused, obviously at a very difficult point in their life. Um, the, the, the transfer of that information is critical to having a great process. Great. So, I mean, it would, it would seem to follow that gathering as much information at, at the beginning of the, of the process is, is ideal and paramount really. Absolutely. It, it, we know in, in, whether it be in the front end lending piece um, or in the, the back end recovery piece, knowledge is power. And the more data that you have and the more places that, um, you have good solid information and you're able to communicate with those attorneys, um, you know, to get into the little bit of the weeds of, of our call process, you know, a number of times um, we'll get questions from the attorney as to what was the make and the model of this vehicle. And that is table stakes for us to be able to know that um, in order to communicate exactly uh, why we filed that probated estate claim and what entitles our clients to be able to recovery from the uh, estate assets. Mm-hmm. Which that kind of brings me to my next question before I ask you to dive into some of this data. Um, are there any particular scenarios, you know, maybe, you know, few and far between that, that would be a really challenging scenario for, for lenders in, in this process that you can think of? I think going back to the, to those unique situations that we talked about earlier um, where we have what we call a scenario where it's a drive and pay. And so what happens is the family member may have the vehicle, um, their name is not on the loan, but they will actually continue to drive the vehicle. And then in some, many instances, continue to pay it as well. And so what happens there is you have an individual who's not responsible for the loan paying the balance, um, but also adding wear and tear to the vehicle. And from our perspective, during that time, we have a limited time to file probated estate claims. And so what is happening is each day goes by, we may have less time to file a probated estate claim at the end of that process. But what's happening is that account is stuck in a current paying status and will eventually expire the, our ability, our, our ability to file a probated estate claim will expire. And we see numerous instances where a family will drive a vehicle for six months. Um, we are only able to file a claim, a probated estate claim for six months. And then they'll find out, Oh, I don't have to pay this. Oh, this vehicle was in another family member's name. We're going to turn it in. And there's really no remedy um, for the remaining balance on the account because all the uh, estate avenues have been exhausted because our time to file a claim has expired. Mm-hmm. That, would, that would seem to be, from a legal standpoint, kind of a very gray area that very. could get lenders into a situation with, with, like you said, they would be stuck with that the remaining balance and no options for recovery. Right. In that instance, the estate is liable for the the deficiency balance. And so there's really no remedy um, to, to follow through on payment of that unless a family member, you know, out of goodwill would like to resolve the balance. Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. So, you know, as, as you know, and I know again, um, uh, this industry is big on numbers. You guys are big on numbers. Um, So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, from looking at your experience in the industry, what sort of measurable results have you seen from implementing these, these processes that you've been discussing? So, you know, to, to kind of, to look back at kind of the numbers in the industry, um, you know, one thing that we always tell lenders as far as the portfolio itself is, is 0.8%, which is the U S census bureau death rate. And so when you're thinking about this process, you know, always remember that about generally 1% of the portfolio will be deceased each year. So that gives you a good baseline of, of the scope of inventory that we're talking about. Um, you know, and also looking at data, um, we see that uh, there was a great article about two years ago talking about how 70%, 73% of consumers pass away with unpaid debt. And of that 73%, 25% pass away with an auto loan. And so when we think about those numbers and really what is out there, um, we generally um, see that the best avenue for recovery in this space um, probated estate accounts liquidate seven times higher than non-probated estates. And that would be the number that I would leave, um, you know, anybody who's listening with is that generally, if you're going to be successful in this process, it requires, you know, proactive identification early that will allow you to get a good handle on this inventory. And then if you do want to take the opportunity on the back end, you have to allow time for a partner or your internal team to file a probated estate claim because, you know, seven times the number on probated estate um, versus no probated estate. That's a very big number in terms of the recovery differences. Absolutely. And I'm wondering, you know, just as a follow-up, how is there, do we have any sense of how, how much that's been accelerated um, due to the COVID-19 pandemic? So we have seen a little bit of an uptick in the number of deceased consumers, consumers, excuse me. Um, I don't know if that's directly attributable to the pandemic, um, but I do know a, a number of the vendors that we work with have, have really worked to solidify that process because they know um, that it's very critical. Um, we're very interested to see the new Census Bureau data that comes out. Um, you know, we're working off of a lot of the 2010 Census Bureau data. And so that will actually give us a really good number um, as far as if we are starting to see an uptick. I know our advanced analytics have talked about, um, you know, just as far as the U.S. consumer population, um, it's obviously growing. Um, the death rate has, is, will probably remain pretty flat. Um, you know, life expectancy is kind of ticking up a little bit. Um, but the number of consumers entering into that average life expectancy, you know, we know that the baby boomers are a very large generation. And so in raw numbers, the U S is by virtue of that generation alone, going to see an uptick, uh, in the raw numbers of consumers passing away each year. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Great. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you know, one, if, if, if our listeners want to learn more, uh, you know, about specialty recovery process, um, are there any resources available to them that they can pursue? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first off, I, I would encourage you to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Chris Stanley, Director of Business Development at DCM Services. You're also feel free to visit our website, uh, dcmservices.com. And if you want to take a little bit of a deeper dive, we actually do uh, a number of webinars um, and we actually have one coming up on April 20th at 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, we will be doing a webinar with three of our current clients and they will be speaking about their best practices and their processes um, and how we partner with them. And if you would like more information about that, that can be found at info.dcmservices.com forward slash auto. Great. Well, I certainly will be tuning in on that if I'm allowed. I don't know if I'm allowed. We'll, we'll make an exception in this case, I think. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Chris, thank you again for joining us. And thanks again to DCM Services for sponsoring this episode. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, but to our listeners, we want to hear from you. As always, please rate the roadmap on whichever platform you use to listen. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap. And we'll see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.